106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Habakkuk said, Lord, please tell me what you're doing. And God said, no, I'm not going to tell you, Habakkuk. Because if I told you what I was doing, you wouldn't believe it. If God today told us what he's doing in the world, we wouldn't believe it. Don't you think God's given up and God's abdicated and God's left the throne? He hasn't. He's still on the throne. And those of us that know him put our trust in him and him alone. I don't put my trust in Washington. I don't put my trust in the United Nations. I don't put my trust in myself. I don't put trust in my money. I put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. When all the rest of it fails and crumbles and shatters, he'll be there. But we have received information in social media that some of the criminals were going to take their criminal conduct into the neighborhoods. I would tell them if you value your life, you probably shouldn't do that in Polk County. Because the people of Polk County like guns. They have guns. I encourage them to own guns. And they're going to be in their homes tonight with their guns loaded. And if you try to break into their homes to steal, to set fires, I'm highly recommending they blow you back out of the house with their guns. Some of the comments that you made last night about uh, shooting uh, the suspects, possibly, and the comments today about the uh, ready for a gunfight, was that in the heat of the moment? Do you have any regret about that in light of what No, no, I don't know. I, I not only have no regret, I'm pretty excited about telling you that's exactly what would have happened. And make no mistake about it, there's nothing about politically correct in a gunfight. There's nothing about politically correct when you're keeping people alive and well and safe. And the people of this community and these law enforcement officers come first. I meant every word of it then, and I mean every word of it now. If you surrender peacefully, that's the way we prefer it. You start pointing guns at us, you can not only plan on, but you can guarantee we're going to shoot you. Good evening, this is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio, and this uh, is our 62nd episode, appearing on June 6th on uh, the airwaves, the internet, all that stuff, and uh, we're happy you're here. It is hot tonight in Northern California. I would say this is the first really hot day and night we've had. If it just gets hot in the day and cools down at night, this is easy. But when it gets hot and stays hot all night, if you've ever lived down here in California, it settles in on you if you don't have central air conditioning. So I'm up here, and uh, we had a 
we've been having some meetings at the church because of the difficult times we are in nowadays. We'd have like a lot of churches. We have uh, <clears throat> weekend meetings, Saturday night, Sunday morning, that type of thing. And then other types of meetings like recovery meetings and stuff like that, special meetings. But we started having prayer meetings uh, throughout the week. And uh, we've been having them Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Then for about a month or two weeks, we had them every night of the week. So I've been catching these meetings because I felt drawn to them and felt good being there and felt like I needed to be there. I think we're in difficult times, dangerous times, uh, critical times, strategic times in America, unprecedented times. Uh, different generations have been at very uh, difficult, gnarly uh, times of jeopardy in the United States. You can probably think of them like during the Revolutionary War, during the Civil War, uh, world, though different world wars, uh, even the Vietnam War, difficult time. We have a difficult time now because we have a, a movement to overthrow the country. And the interesting thing is about it is that it includes many of the top people in the Obama administration. So it's a difficult time. So uh, we've been, I'll get more into that later, but we have been praying at the church because uh, of this, that in Israel, if you read the history of Israel from the Bible, you'll notice that Israel was never very strong in themselves. They never had a they never could outnumber people or out uh, out military people. They didn't have more bows and arrows or slingshots or whatever, all the stuff they had, spears, swords, than the other guys. But when they were obedient to God and faithful to God, uh, he it didn't matter what the trouble was, he eradicated it. But when they turned from God and they shed innocent blood, in this case, they were sacrificing their children to idols, which comparable today would be sacrificing children at abortion clinics. So when you look at 60 million people killed since Roe versus Wade in 1973, we have shed a lot of blood. And all the other evils, God doesn't look kindly upon cheating people and taking advantage, exploiting people, exploiting the weak, the poor, the widow. And so there's a sense that we're under judgment, that the protection that the United States has appreciated for many, many years is uh, has been removed, it seems. And some of my friends that actually live under communist tyranny in foreign countries are now praying for us, like Vietnam is at peace inwardly, but they're under tyranny where you can't go anywhere without permission pretty much. So tonight we're in a state of um, anarchy, and there's a move to overthrow the country. So we've been praying that God would forgive us and uh, have mercy upon us because the Bible says that even in our wrongdoing and are flipping the bird to God, which most, I don't know, most Americans, but a lot of 
Americans mock God, flip him off. Uh, just do all kinds of things to offend a holy God. So, but even in the midst of that, God says if people will turn from their ways and uh, ask for forgiveness, he'll forgive us. So we've been praying. So I'm here. I said all that to say this, that I'm here late at night again, which is fine. I'm just fine. And it's quiet. And uh, I wasn't going to be able to sleep anyway in this heat. So I'm just going to get something productive done, which is produce this podcast. So if you're new to us, you can check us out or you can email us uh, at com. That's our website. If you just ask, if you want to email us, it's lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. Nohostagesradio.com is our website, which includes a couple of articles a week. Includes all our podcasts and website, our web podcasts and articles, newspaper articles back 62 weeks, if you're interested. Uh, Otherwise, as I was showing somebody at the church meeting tonight, she was wondering what I said. Oh, I got to leave early. I got to go do this podcast. So I left at nine. And she said, oh, what's that? And what's your address? So I showed her and it. You just put in No Hostages Radio in your phone, on your Google or whatever you have search engine, and it just pops right up there. So you can go go to your uh, podcast source center and listen, or you can go to our website, nohostagesradio.com. You can phone me or dial me up. uh, uh, You can text me at 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838. If you catch me uh, busy, I will always call you back, but I leave a message, and it'll say something like trauma intervention program. This is Lou. It's a program that I run uh, when I'm not doing podcasts. So welcome, and I hope you're okay. Um there's a lot of people not okay. I think if you work for the government, at any level of government, you've been protected. And uh, you're getting paid, and probably you didn't suffer any big financial loss. You've had some inconvenience because your kids have been pushed out of school. The entire country has been converted into a laboratory. It used to be that scientists would would uh, fabricate a scenario and, cr- and recreate reality in the lab to test things like they'd use, they use instead of using humans to test everything on, they start out with animals because there's some attributes of animals that can be influenced in certain ways and replicate what, what it would be like in a human if they want to put a chemical in their system or something. So they, they watch animals and put them through all kinds of things in a laboratory setting, but in this case, we have some Frankenstein scientists that have teamed up with uh, anarchists that want to overthrow the government of the United States. And uh, if you recall now, since President Trump has been in office, even before he actually took office, when it looked like he was going to uh, be a strong contender, they began to lie and manipulate and set him up 
and create havoc in the news media. And, of course, the news media is complicit in the whole thing. So when you hear about all the leaders of the Obama administration, Clapper, Brennan, Strzok, Page, Mueller, uh, there's just there's quite a few of them actually top people. They are actively working for the first time in our nation's history to overthrow the country. And they are financing uh, the you think, well, Antiva, that's just some group that sprung up. No, it, it actually is worldwide and it's being funded by a group that Soros people. There's lots of different people, but Soros is involved and they're funding these people to. Um, create such a it's not so much damage it's a, what they call a psyop p-s-y-o-p psychological operation and they want to rattle your cage until you just get flustered and just surrender and just say we we need what just take over just take take the reins jesus take the wheel but in this case it's anarchists take the wheel and get Trump out of here. And they're doing everything they can. As soon as one thing is about to run its course, something else starts. If you'll notice, there's just been one flare-up of nonsense after another. But it's very serious. But it doesn't make any sense when you get to the bottom of it. It sounds like it does when they first say it. Whether it's Russian collusion or Trump frolicking with Russian prostitutes one thing after another, mocking him and uh, arresting Michael Flynn, arresting Roger Stone, arrest, 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 and then it doesn't mount to anything. And yet none of the liberal people are being arrested. Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, uh, Obama, his attorney general, uh, you know, on and on and on down the line. And they have the gall to say they had a scandal-free administration. You remember that? So if you'll notice that since Trump took office, as soon as one thing starts to lose its momentum, another thing explodes. So the current one is we have riots. And, and if you think this is all really about Floyd George, uh, it isn't. It isn't about the fact that he's black. The fact is that there's not that many black people. If you say, oh, black, and they are just killing all these blacks. Yes, a black man was killed and uh, or died during the uh, arrest procedure. But the fact is uh, the, it, there's not hundreds and hundreds of black people being killed in that fashion or dying in that fashion. It's a very small percentage. Most black people are dying by other black people. And so this is I'm not I'm not minimizing the death of any human being. I think it's sad. I work with a lot of people that have a lot worse paths than George Floyd or Floyd George. I can't get his name straight. Uh, but the fact is, uh, it's sad. Uh, I've been at the bedside when when uh, San Quentin criminals Lifelong criminals have died of a overdose. It's sad when anybody dies, when particularly when they've lived a pretty gnarly life or when they've lived in a sh they've lived a lot shorter than they should. It's sad. That does not mean they're martyrs or heroes. And uh, so, what's happening is is this is a coordinated effort that just capitalizes on 
someone that was being arrested and he should have been arrested. Uh, he was behaving strangely. He tried to pass a, a, a bad bill and behaved strangely. And uh, he had a huge arrest record. And I'm going to cover that later. A huge arrest record. People can change. I've spent 40 years of my life working with people that are troubled people, whether they're juveniles or they're at the other end of their life, but they've got issues. I've worked with murderers, people have raped people, sexual offenses, uh, all kinds of stuff. And so I, I don't point fingers at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I, uh, I have compassion and I believe in second chances and and uh, third chances, fourth chances, 35th chances. I understand relapse, drug relapse, alcohol relapse. I'm not, I don't consider anybody bad seed because God doesn't consider them that way. So I feel bad when anybody gets killed no matter or dies no matter how they die. And, um, but that doesn't make, make them a martyr. Martyrs are people like that do fantastic things. And lived a very good life and gave their life for a good cause or someone took it for from them, preventing them for a good cause, working for a good cause. So uh, anyway, we'll talk more about that. But we're under a tremendous siege now. And so uh, did you notice that the publicity over covid is just gone? I don't really watch the news and you shouldn't either. If you're troubled by everything that's going on, the best thing you could do is not take narcotics not go get a prescription for some mood enhancer, but to just turn your TV off and leave it off. Put on some comforting music, read the Bible, pray, uh, get some exercise, enjoy your friends, and uh, and just go about life. And if something trouble comes to our neighborhoods, <clears throat> we'll have to deal with that. But we'd have to deal with that even if there wasn't Antifa, right? So I don't know where you're living as you're listening to this show. I don't know where you're living. Some, if you're in the big cities, you're probably like likely to have more trouble than us out here in the rural areas. I don't know what it's like in the big cities with, uh, I've lived in Sacramento, California. It's a bigger city. I don't know what it's like though. Even if I was down there now in terms of people and their, uh, their willingness to put up with nonsense. But I can tell you in the rural areas, people are pretty laid back, but what they're not going to put up with is somebody coming in and causing a big stir. They'll just shoot them. Now, I'm confident of that. And uh, because I've been in a lot of conversations of late here in the Yuba Sutter area of California, that people have uh, pulled their guns out, uh, loaded them up, oiled them up, set them in strategic spots, and if somebody's rolling in the neighborhoods that want to, like, cause a stir, it's going to get funky. And uh, so some people have said that there is uh, ammunition and weapons stashes around the United States that the Antifa slash Muslims have set aside to have warfare. And as soon as somebody starts getting shot on their end, which a few have, breaking into pawn shops where people had weapons. But if they start to get too many of them get shot, they're going to, then they'll bust out their weapons. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to just cross that bridge when we get to it. Right. And so out in this rural area, you know, people are making comments like, 
how many limits are what what is the limit like out here it used to be pheasants or two or ducks were five or six and they're asking what the limits are on antifa i'm just saying nobody should come to this house wanting to create a stir of this block because there's going to be trouble but i think that's a difference and i think that's why they're getting away with it in the big cities because the big cities are being run primarily by liberal mayors who actually are behind the Antifa. If you'll notice, some of the mayor's own children are out trying to hurt the police. I want you to just think about that. Pretty, pretty, pretty gnarly stuff right there. De Blasio's son or daughter was involved. There's a number of them. Something to think about. Uh, so, uh, uh, a lot of the people I think that listen to this show maybe are out in other rural areas, not in the urban area where uh, people are getting away with murder, literal murder. So uh, we're going to be here for uh, we're ending getting close to ending our first segment. We're going to be here for five more segments. And I'm going to cover some of the details on uh, if you'll notice, I mentioned earlier that or in passing that uh, it's odd. There's some of the rules of coronavirus still in place, though the pretty much the entire coronavirus, if not all of the coronavirus baloney, all the prophecies, all the projections, all the models, all the things they told us to keep us healthy, every single one of them, an effing lie, a lie distortion distraction and our my estimation of our local health official here in Yuba Sutter County's Dr. Fu Fong Lu Dr. Fong Lu P H U O N G L W L U U Fong Lu I gave her the benefit of the doubt at the first but I thought you know something the more I have listened to her and learned about her advice, she is the worst. What you don't want to expect from her is advice for your health. You could get better advice from your health from a heroin addict living in the river bottoms. This woman is the biggest disaster I've ever seen, is just a political hack. She should go back to practicing medicine where she has compassion and really cares about the life and health of someone. Her decisions have destroyed people's lives. Her advice on social distancing, her, her tales of telling how, how Corona spreads, masks, being in groups, it's all bullshit. Totally. This woman should be tarred and feathered and given a pink slip and sent out of this area never to return. That it, to me, the fact that the supervisors of both counties have kept this woman still are letting her get on YouTube and give these talks. And playing like this is not a total contrived fiasco and they just keep going along with it shows that they have no backbone zero 
and they're totally or they're totally deceived. They either know what's going on and are part of it or they're totally deceived or they got zero backbone. One of those or all three or all two. We'll be right back and we're going to start again. I guess it's going to take a swig of iced tea from Vietnam. Stepping up once, terrorized Sent to meetings, hypnotized Overexposed, commercialized David, I don't know how they deny this now that we have their testimony under oath in their own words on videotape right in front of us. That's correct. They can't deny it anymore. There is no way for Planned Parenthood to get away from it now when their own top leadership and top officials are sworn in under oath in a court proceeding, admitting to the same allegations that we have been reporting on for the past five years that are captured in the original undercover footage. Remember, when the undercover videos were released, Planned Parenthood tried to claim that they were whiter than snow, that there was nothing to see here. Who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? And they claimed that it was all that it was all heavily edited, that it was all uh, nothing to nothing to pay attention to. Um, and they even made multiple representatives to com- representations to Congress about the the goodness of their conduct and the fact that they hadn't done anything wrong. Now, when their own people are put under oath, the story changes, and they admit that they sold body parts as the quid pro quo in their business relationship with companies like STEM Express. What this boils down to is what were they actually getting paid money for? What did the money actually incentivize Planned Parenthood to do? The law recognizes that there is a big big difference and an unbridgeable difference between reimbursing somebody for, say, some gloves or PPE in a medical office that is used up, which might incentivize somebody to overstock on their PPE, uh, versus paying somebody for usable, marketable body parts. That's what it means. A usable body part for STEM Express is one that STEM Express is going to be able to sell on to their research customers. So that means that Planned Parenthood was only getting payments from STEM Express if STEM Express was actually able to sell the body parts that they were harvesting inside of Planned Parenthood. That is the definition of valuable consideration for body parts under the federal law. And that's a crime. And Planned Parenthood should be held accountable for that. And there should be federal consequences for what they've now admitted under oath. Car accident fatalities are growing by the day. Today, even more people have died in car accidents. The latest count of car accident fatalities is growing. This brings the total number of traffic accident fatality cases to an estimated 3,700 per day. Oh my God, driving's so dangerous. We are in the midst of a traffic fatality pandemic. As you've witnessed in the daily news reports, it's apparent that driving has become a serious and deadly situation. We're seeing an unprecedented 3,700 deaths per day from traffic fatalities around the world. Our experts have come up with a death model that shows the death rate could go as high as 10 million people. In order to save lives, we're issuing a no driving, stay at home order for the next 14 days. You can walk, but no driving for your own good. I will stay at home. I don't wanna die. Welcome to In Your Face News. Several more people have died from traffic fatalities. 
our officials have instituted medically accurate recording measures where if anyone has ever ridden in a car before and then they die, their death is recorded as a car-related death. The traffic fatality death count is now even higher than it used to be. I can't believe we all used to drive places. How do we survive? Shockingly, we're still seeing car-related deaths. This is cause for an extended lockdown. Authorities have extended the lockdown until we can find a vaccine to bring people back to life after traffic fatalities. Until then, you are free to walk instead of driving. I hope they find one soon. I need to go to work. It's not only deadly to drive, it's not safe to walk anymore. New testing shows 6,227 pedestrians are killed by cars while walking each year. As we continue to have your best interest in mind, we're instituting a new social sedentary order where you must stay completely confined to your own homes. No more walking. Really? Globally, 3,500 more traffic fatalities have been recorded in the past day. Those people are super dead. We need more lockdown. As the life-saving lockdown continues, the suicide rate is up by 400%. Yet traffic fatalities are down by 7%. The lockdown continues to be an effective life-saving measure. Kids aren't getting an education with schools shut down until we can find a cure for car accidents. So their ability to create a compelling future for themselves is looking pretty bleak. On a brighter note, an estimated 18 million underprivileged kids will be going hungry without school lunches to eat which means those children are safe because they won't be driving to school. Surprisingly, death continues to be a part of life. Despite the stay-at-home, no-driving lockdown orders, a local man died in a traffic accident today. This proves the lockdown needs to continue. As we continue to have your best interest in mind, no driving has meant no food transport. The United Nations is estimating 135 million people will die of starvation. Yet! It's estimated that an astounding several hundred lives will be saved from traffic fatalities. The lockdown continues to be an astounding success. I'm so hungry. Deadly driving. Driving is deadly. 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 Very deadly. Deadly. <clears throat> Since the lockdown, alcohol sales are up by 243%. Meth use is up by 300%. And it's estimated that there will be 31 million more cases of domestic violence because of the stay-at-home orders. Yet, several dozen more lives continue to be saved because of the life-saving lockdown. This whole thing sucks. Very Super deadly. Super High death rate. Extreme Unprecedented death. death. Dead. As we continue to have your best interest in mind, deaths of despair are now immeasurable. Yet more importantly, we'd like to congratulate ourselves for having the power to institute this life-saving lockdown over you as we get credit for saving hundreds of lives. Hey, what are you doing? I'm going to get food for my family and then I'm going to go to work. No vaccine yet, so there continues to be a risk of death in everything other than staying locked in your home. Very Super deadly. deadly. High death rate. Unprecedented death. Driving is deadly. Very deadly. 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 Wasting all my time Cause when you're standing oh so near I kinda lose my mind It's not the perfume
noises down. But we're in the middle of the night, so we shouldn't have any garbage trucks, any dogs, any hopefully no shootouts. So uh, what's going on? I can't speak to the rest of the United States. Well, let me just I, – I was watching the South Dakotan governor who was just – actually, she sounds like she's normal, like a normal human being who respects the – she actually sounds like an American, not a communist. She actually sounds like she uh, is not playing games, but she is an honest person. She's uh, genuine. She's a person of integrity. She honors the Constitution and doesn't have any agenda. It's interesting. And so she didn't close her state. And there's a handful of people that didn't close their states. But in the state of California, I can't I can't. I've been following some of you out there. It's amazing to me that what happened to the coronavirus? Like we we still got some of the people playing by all these stupid rules when it's actually been disproven. The CDC comes out and says this last week or so that now, you remember, we were cleaning every service. People had to come in and they wiped up their after them when they in the Yuba County Jail, they told me that when people walked across the floor, they had to spray right behind them. They had to wipe off counters as soon as somebody used it. Wipe off that counter, wipe off that counter, wipe off that counter, wipe all a bunch of baloney. Wear a mask, wear a mask, wear a mask. Now Fauci says masks are just kind of symbolic. You're just showing respect for other people walking around wearing a mask. Obviously, he is not a God-fearing man because God would have given you a mask if he felt you needed it. And you do not need to wear a piece of clothing like that, a muzzle, to show respect for somebody. A guy I know in town here in Yuba Sutter just went after the district attorney because the district attorney and Judge Worshafter were all just Cheser Cat big grins congratulating a new attorney in town who's going to work for the DA's office and they were they all were violating social distancing. They never had a mask on. They were not wearing any gloves and they were touching each other. And so there's a picture of it. And my friend, uh, you know, we you're not supposed to even have church services yet. Legitimate church services. Right. And you can't. Oh, you got to practice social. Oh, you got to do this. Oh, you got to. Oh, you can't can't sit at tables next to each other. Just total crap. It's all just psyops, psychological operations to manipulate people, to stress people out, to just wear people down where they just think they just say, geez, just do whatever you want to do. You know, do whatever you want to do. I just can't take this anymore. Right. It's it's uh, it's creating mental illness. Now, every day on on Facebook, one of the city council people, Mark Boomgarden, who served his career, uh, his work career as a uh, firefighter for Yuba City Fire and then fire chief, and he retired at that. Now he works for uh, Valley Truck and Tractor. And every day he's provided a service for the community by posting the COVID stats. And so I'm not going to give you all of them, but I'm just going to note what I saw today, that there were 82 out of all these months, 
Now, I want I want you to think about when the flu seasons hits, like we're supposed to like the flu A and flu B's out and about. But when the flu season hits, we never really keep track of how many people got the flu. Do you know that? And so, but now we keep track of this particular flu or virus, not the flu, but virus. And uh, we now have 82 total cases out of about 170,000 people in the Yuba Sutter counties. And we shut down over 2,000 businesses because of that. And we restricted people to their homes cause marriage breakups, suicides, overdoses. And I was wondering why Dr. Fung Lu, or as I call her, Dr. Ratchet, because essentially what the scientists, I put air quotes around that, the scientists did is they got the permission of the politicians in this country to create a national laboratory where you become the lab rat. And they play with you well you can go buy marijuana you can go get alcohol but you and you can go get an abortion but you can't attend church and you can't go to a baseball game anymore you can't go to anything you can't go to the beach you can't go in the water you can't 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 do can't go for a walk with your wife on the beach but you can do a lot of other things that don't make any sense. Like the other day, they said you could go to a casino, but you still can't go to church. But you can go to a casino. As long as they take your temperature on the way in. It's just total bizarre nonsense. And what we should have done in the beginning is just got out and flipped them all the bird. And said, if you, if you come back to my store, I'm going to shoot you. Or you come to my house and mess around at my house and tell me I can't, my kids can't play outside or go run around town. I'm going to shoot you and just get right down to it right from the beginning. Because why? Why, why would I say that? They say, Lou, you're just being weird. You're, you're violent. You're not. No, I'm not. I am way more tame than our founding fathers. Way more tame. The Constitution of the United States does not get put on pause just because a bunch of politicians want to want to create a catastrophe and want to create an emergency. The, the Constitution is made for all kinds of situations in life. It does not get invalidated just because a governor wants to go rogue or anybody else. It does not. So when it says you do not infringe upon people's religious rights, that's exactly what it means. Now, if people decide, religious people, as you want to call them, decide, I'm not going to go to church because, because, that's up to them. That's what we call freedom. And you leave people up, you leave people's choices up to their conscience and their good judgment. Now, that's what the governor, I watched the a news conference on hers, which are much uh, one of her news conferences, which are much better and invigorating than the news conferences with laboratory mouse Fauci and Blinky Burks. So in North Dakota or South Dakota's governor says, we trust the good judgment 
and common sense of our people and their and their freedom. That's what America is all about. And we've been through one pandemic after another over the years. If you want to call some gal asked me on the other day, well, do you think what we have right now? Do you think this is a pandemic? I said, I don't really care what you label it. The fact is, if you got a good immune system, it doesn't matter what's out there. It just doesn't matter. So we've had the the local supervisors and city council have been absolutely absent without leave. They've been of no no use. We just not even have them because basically the, the governor could have just called this and not even had a city council. They didn't they provide they didn't provide any screening protection level of evaluation. They just simply said, we're shutting down 3,000 businesses. There's over 2,000 in uh, Sutter County. There's over 800 in Yuba County. Last I saw a couple years ago. Just shut down these businesses. People went broke. A lot of people aren't opening. They just ruined businesses. Do you think they care? The next time you see a politician says he cares about things, honestly, you should throw something at him. Just throw the chair at him. These guys didn't ask, didn't get any input. They didn't have any. They didn't go for a second opinion. This is the first where you quarantine healthy people. Have you ever? It's actually bad for people. So we we list on Facebook. We list statistics. How many have died? Three in Yuba Sutter counties of one hundred seventy thousand people. We've had. We've had more deaths in car accidents in this time. We've had more overdoses. We've had uh, more suicides than COVID deaths. But we spent, we shut down the entire community, supposedly to save this. And so some of the these these people that still want you to believe this is a really dangerous thing will say, well, uh, we wouldn't have shut down. No, 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 no. The fact is that the thing that you don't know is there's some places that didn't shut down and they did just fine. Oh, well, people got sick. Listen, people, people get sick. That's what people do. I don't want to get into all the spiritual part of it is fallen nature and all that stuff. But there is no country on earth that doesn't have sick people happening every day of the year. And old people get sick and die of all kinds of stuff every day. In fact, there's been no supervisor that has gotten all up their undies in a bundle over obituary after obituary after obituary in the local paper, the appeal Democrat, because there's lots of them every, every time they publish, there may be nine, 10, 12. And we don't have a meltdown, but oh my God! If one person that's 150 years old dies over at the Venice Hospital and they they have COVID on board, even though that didn't even kill them, it's blasted all over the front of the newspaper. You think the newspaper isn't involved in the stupidity of this psychological operation to totally jack everybody's juices up and freak them out? What do you think would happen if every time we had a suicide in the community, we posted it on the front page of the paper as a number? You think that have an impact on people? What if we posted every time somebody overdosed on heroin or fentanyl or opium? I mean, uh, opiates. 
We posted right there on the front, just like a, a weather weather report, statistics. They know them. They know them over here at the health departments. But you, every day we've had like, well, three people. You know who those three people were? Very elderly people. Are you really freaked out about elderly people dying? Have you watched the obituaries? I've been watching the obituaries. Lots of elderly people have been dying my whole life. I've been watching. I've been reading the Appeal Democrat. I, I didn't feel like the earth was, you know, it's sad when p- people die, but they live till 90. It was somebody's grandma. It doesn't matter how old they are. They were sad, but I didn't know them. And it's, you know, people are going to die. Someone once said, nobody's getting out of here alive. Does that blow your mind? All of a sudden, we're going to make a big Supreme Court case out of everybody dying? The, the, the government behind, the government deep state that's behind all this nonsense of COVID, and when I say nonsense, I didn't say it wasn't making some people ill, but it's no different than any other bug. People get ill of something, and then they get over it, or they don't. Does that bug you if they don't? How do you think people make it to the grave? Very few people get run over or shot. Most of them just die. Fauci changes his tune, now says COVID-9 second wave may never happen. Oh, I thought it was going to happen. Oh, my God, it's not only coming right now. There's another wave coming. What a, we got to wear the mask. We're two, we're three. Keep four in your pocket. And he said, wearing a mask doesn't really help, help that much. You know, it either helps or it doesn't. It's kind of like putting on a, uh, a condom. If it's got a flaw in it, it doesn't work. It just, it just, you're faking yourself out. If it's an old condom, if it's past its expire date, or it's got a flaw in it, or it's broken, or you put it on wrong and flipped it over, you just goofed yourself up. You don't know the difference. That means it, it, you may feel safe. You psyched yourself out. Or if you wear a condom around all day, but you never have any sex, like some of people driving around in a car with a mask on and nobody else in the car but them. That's like putting in a female condom or a male condom and driving around town. Really missed the whole point there, folks. That's how stupid the whole thing is. You know what the government is doing? It's interesting. My my friend told me today. She looked on the Yuba County website. This is how horrible. Government services aren't bad. They are horrible. And they are paid like wealthy people. She looks on the website because she's she's past due on getting her dog licensed. You know, whatever they got to do with dogs. Because of COVID, nobody was open. So finally she saw on, on the Yuba County website that the animal shelter out in Linda was open. So she drove all the way over there from Plumas Lake. Drove in, walked up to the door, and it's locked. She gets in her car and she dials animal shelter up and they answer. And she says, are you there today? She said, they said, oh yeah, but you can't come in. 
at that point, what I would need is I would need to call some of the Antifa people, but bring a sledgehammer down there and knock the friggin' door off the hinges. And you know what would happen? Nothing. They would not, they would not arrest an Antifa person. But if my friend went over there and, and ran her car into the front door, they would arrested her. Isn't it interesting? They arrest people in Sacramento from just being on the lawn of the state capitol because the, the governor's got a bean up his nose and thinks that you don't have any rights to assemble, even though the Constitution of California and the federal government says so. But he says you don't have any rights unless I say so. I'm governor. So unless I give you a permit to meet, you don't have a right to meet. That's a violation of the Constitution, people. But unless you fight for it, you lose it. You don't have it. If you're not willing to fight for a right, you do not get it just because you show up and breathe. So people get arrested for peacefully participating in in a redress of grievances to the government, which is their right under the First Amendment of the Constitution. And yet people come right behind that demonstration a week later and bash and and crash windows and spray paint downtown Sacramento, they don't arrest anybody. I want you to think about that. Government, in this government right here in, in Yuba Sutter, destroyed businesses. The 10 supervisors made the decision to go along with this fiasco and destroyed hundreds and hundreds of businesses. Now, now, Antifa comes behind. They haven't come here yet, but they've come right behind in some of these other cities. And then they destroyed first the politics, political people destroyed them. Then they took and and uh, and then they're going to arrest them, arrest mom and pop if they go down to their business and they threaten to shut off their power and water. And then Antifa comes and then breaks in and loots the business and won't even arrest them. In fact, I know Clint Curry doesn't have the balls to arrest people if Antifa came to town. He wouldn't prosecute them. That's the kind of guy he is. He's a complete wuss. How disgusting to suggest he would cut the power and water off people out there trying to make a living. But they're, they're letting people just beat people to death. Trash, burn, cop car after cop car disrespect to cops i've been at every rally at the state capitol regarding opening this state up and there has been no respect of law enforcement that i could see and i've been there for hours and hours and hours and hours and with my perspective i didn't see one situation that i thought was really distasteful or attacking of the police in fact there was many many times where they said we are here to support you you are you are here enforcing an illegal law that that governor is doing. They're ba- you're backing a governor that doesn't have your back. The first you in the there is nothing in the first two uh, first and second amendments to the Constitution that says you have to go to the government to get permission for those rights to go get a permit to assemble or to go get a permit to have a gun. Totally a violation of your Constitution. We'll be right back and start our third segment in just a moment. That's the orders of the day. I'd like to kiss you, but I'm quarantined. I got to keep my lips off the scene. 
cause there ain't no cure for me I probably ought to lay down and die I long to hug you and to hold you tight But I gotta wait 14 nights Influenza's got a hold of me so Minneapolis is on fire because, as we all know by now, the best response to a black man being killed by the cops is to steal a big screen TV and burn down the local liquor store. It's been nearly six years since Black Lives Matter got its start in the streets of Ferguson, Missouri. Six years. And they still can't get their heads out of their own rear ends long enough to be marginally decent, let alone credible. It all started when George Floyd, a black man, was seen on video being pinned to the ground by a white Minneapolis police officer who decided that the best way to restrain an unarmed man was to park it on his windpipe for a solid eight minutes while he repeatedly complained that he couldn't breathe. Floyd died a short time later at the local hospital. The officers involved have been fired and the incident is being investigated. This seems to be a pretty cut and dry case of police brutality. I'm not sure how else you could slice it, and we'll see how the investigation turns out. But rather than simply take to the streets to demand justice for Floyd, protesters decided to break into a bunch of stores and burn down some buildings again, shamelessly using Floyd's death as a cover to steal stuff and wreck their own town again. A Target, a grocery store, and several liquor stores were looted, among others. This is the scene inside the Target where gobs of people in masks ran through the aisles, piling up carts with anything they could grab and making off with it like a bunch of brainless animals. An AutoZone store near the police precinct was set on fire and completely destroyed, just one of the many stores that were torched. This right here, this was a construction site being developed for low-income housing. In fact, NPR Weather reports that so many buildings were set on fire, the smoke started popping up on weather radars. Dozens of cops had to show up to protect the firefighters who were trying to put out the flames because they were being attacked. Reporters were pulled from the scenes. The Metro has shut down an entire line indefinitely over safety concerns. You want to know why people support black lives, but no one with half a brain supports black lives matter? Why this movement gets exactly zero sympathy from decent humans? It's not because black lives don't matter. It's because apparently this movement thinks that no one else's lives matter. The guy who runs that auto zone, the owner of the liquor stores, the employees at that Target, what the heck did they do to anybody to deserve to have their place of business torn apart and burned down because what, you were pissed at the cops? What about the ordinary people in that community who now have to go rebuild these places and clean up this mess? Many of these businesses have been hurting for weeks now thanks to the shutdown. And your response to injustice is to set them on fire? What about the people who were set to move into that housing unit? What happens to them? I wasn't in Minneapolis last night, but I did report from Ferguson in 2014. And you know who were the main victims of Black Lives Matter there? Black people and immigrants. Ordinary folks whose entire livelihoods were destroyed because a bunch of morons decided to take advantage of a man's death to lift a few big screens and smash in the local beauty salon. And don't tell me that the majority of protesters yesterday were good and peaceful and the whole thing was ruined by a few bad apples because that excuse sure didn't fly in Charlottesville. And it's not going to fly now that half of downtown Minneapolis is a big pile of ashes. Oh, and by the way, just a note, this isn't a black thing. There were more than a few white folks in the mix there, too. I watched one white lady come barging out of the Target store with about seven purses in her hands and another with a blender. So a whole lot of bad stereotypes being reinforced here. Congrats, guys. 
This is so shameful. It is nearly beyond words. What's more, it's selfish. It rips attention away from the man who lost his life, likely because some cops made a really bad call and used excessive force. And we're all concerned about that. Many of us have demanded an investigation and justice for Floyd. We want to hold bad cops accountable. We are disgusted when people lose their lives needlessly. We've been demanding justice. I follow an awful lot of prominent conservatives on Twitter, and I haven't seen a single one of them defending what happened to George Floyd. But this is where the entire Black Lives Matter movement loses all credibility. They scream for justice for people who were killed after committing crimes by going out and committing more crimes. They rant about black men being unfairly branded as criminals, then go out and act like criminals. In what world does that help? And if the organizers of these demonstrations have a problem with this kind of behavior, I sure don't see them disavowing it or trying to get their thugs under control. So it doesn't seem much like this is about getting justice for black lives. It is about having an excuse to pop off and rob people and destroy a city because you've got nothing better to do with your time and because you have nothing constructive to add. So congratulations on once again proving yourselves to be the exact thing that you complain others assume you are. And that's your Reality Check America. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page that you like us on Facebook and Twitter. And stay sane out there. People are so confused, the government, with this what I call psychological op, or you'll see this word show up now in newspaper articles, PSYOP, P-S-Y-O-P. That is a psychological operation to defeat people without firing a gun. I had a gal, we, we go on these trauma intervention calls, and a lady, the daughter of the fellow that died, her mom and dad lived up in Yuba County, and she called me to say, Ask me this question. How come none of the emergency responders and you tip people didn't have masks on when we came, you came in the house? And I said, well, I wasn't there, so and I didn't talk to them. I can't answer for them. But generally, law enforcement and medical people and, and, and all the people that showed up, fire people, they just don't willy-nilly it. They do what they're told to do. And what they're told to do is probably what the quote i put quotes around health because i don't believe dr ratchet is anything about health the health officer dictates what they have to do in the emergency medical policies of the region so i explained that to the lady i said they're just following policies and i think what it means is that that they don't believe that there's a danger of getting covid in that way if your dad had it or giving it to him or giving it to your mom. She was concerned about you're going to give my mom, who's an elderly woman, COVID. And I listened to this woman. I said, well, first of all, I have political views, I told her, which I didn't tell her what they were. But I said, I run this trauma intervention program, and we do what the emergency responders tell us to do, whether I like it or not, whether I think it's always right or not. So I said, we had masks in our car, but we just, they didn't, think we needed it so we didn't use it and i don't think anybody affected your mother i spent an hour on the on the phone with that woman who was a very nice young woman 
but was totally deceived, uh, misinformed, discombobulated by the government. Uh, and, and obviously she's been watching too much media. So Dr. Anthony Fauci now says that a second wave of COVID-19 may not even happen and that wearing a mask is largely symbolic at this point. In a Wednesday interview um, with CNN, by the way, Fauci said, again, just what I said, it isn't necessarily inevitable. You know, this is how it's like weathermen say it's going to storm tomorrow. And then when they get around to it, they say, well, you know, it's not always doesn't work out perfect. It's not necessarily inevitable. That means from a scientific point of view, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And he has no uh, he has no determination on how to figure out how this thing is going to work out. It's not necessarily inevitable. That leaves a hole the size of the ozone hole for him to walk through. He says, we often talk about the possibility of a second wave or of an outbreak when you're reopening. He said, we don't have to accept that as an inevitability. In other words, you can't wish COVID to not happen. You can't just wish it. So did we actually stop it or did we cause it to be worse by all staying in our homes? Some are saying now because over 60% of the COVID infections actually happened from person to person lockdown that if they wouldn't have insisted on people staying in their homes, the infection rate would have been less, not more. Fauci pointed out that a second wave is entirely preventable if the U.S. is able to have the workforce, the system, and the will to do the kind of things that are clear and effective And then he says, identification, isolation, and contact tracing. People, these people are making it sound like you can save you from ever getting sick again by allowing them to identify you, to isolate you, and to put contact tracing in your system. That means vaccinate you with something they can follow you wherever you go, not just with your phone. These people are evil. You got to read these articles, not just listen to CNN. You have to read the words, read the quoted, the little remember the little dashes out there in all of us, those little dots up there on the corner of the uh, sentence. That's a quote. That means that's an actual quote of the person. Read what they're saying and think about it. You think we had to contract contact trace every all of our parents and grandparents and great grandparents? We made it this far, America. And we went from just a handful, a couple million people, to over 300 million. In April, Fauci insisted that second, the second wave of coronavirus was inevitable. That means out there in Oliver and Linda, it has to happen. It's going to happen. It doesn't matter what we do. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. Pray fast. Get blisters on your skin from washing it too much. It's inevitable. It doesn't matter what you do. Now he's saying it's not inevitable. Does that bother you? This is a scientist. This sounds like some second grade dropout. Stupid. Mentally retarded. 
He's got a flat spot on the brain. During an interview with MSNBC, he said, it is inevitable that the coronavirus will return next season. When it does, how we handle it will determine our fate. This guy is so full of crap. How we handle it will... It, and why do we need... We're going to have a big hullabaloo, a big catastrophe, a big workforce. We're going to... Do you know that that Cuomo up in New York built a $21 million hospital to get ready for this just in the last couple of months. You know how many patients? Not one patient crossed the threshold. Do you think we've lost our minds in this country? Gavin Newsom claimed that the Sacramento Kings, he is just a full-blown liar deceiver. He suggested the Sacramento Kings was contributing or being philanthropic by letting us use the Arco Arena that would normally cost $500,000 a month. You know what happened? We actually, the taxpayers are on the hook for that. And they hardly saw any patients in there. It was just a total waste of money. Millions and millions of dollars. He says it's inevitable. Now he says if we let them manage our lives, we can, we can save you. If you just let us scientists, you know, we, we like to be in, in front of the camera every day. We get to have a new suit, a new tie, a new scarf, and we just, we just want to be celebrities like the rest of you. We can't take it being in the lab. All our friends are just mice and, and rats and squirrels and bats and stupid stuff, hamsters. We can't take it anymore. We want to be out with the real people and be a celebrity, and we will manage manage your life for you, tell you when you can go to the store and when you can't, and you can water on the odd days and then not water on the even days, and then you do this and do that, right? Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. You can't sit next to people, have an extra seat in, in between everybody. Just absolute nonsense. It's just Orwellian stupidity. Fauci said also, he said also said that Americans should wear, should wear face masks in public to protect themselves, but also to get into good practices. What's that mean? Get into good practices for what? A mask, you can suck when you suck air into the mask. It just goes around the edge. It does not stop COVID. And if you sneeze hard enough, it blows right around it as well. They're, they're, not, they're not fit tested masks like in a hospital where the way they wear them. He says, I want to protect myself and protect others by wearing a mask. And also because I want to make it a symbol for people to see that that's the kind of thing you should be doing to be courteous to people. This guy's a nutcase. He's 79. He, you know what we need to do is pray that he drops dead. And he goes to move in with Jesus, Tony Fauci. This guy has been a thief and a robber and a manipulator. And he is the one who actually helped devise the, the very ailment that now was going all over the place. Tony Fauci. You know what he's like? He's like the drug addict who stole his partner's drugs and then the partner couldn't find his drugs, 
And then he, then the guy who stole the drugs volunteered to help his partner look for him all night while he stole his drugs. It reminds me of my, we used to go deer hunting back when I was a kid being raised here in Yuba County. And I was about 13, 12, 13. And so I met some of my dad's friends that they were all in the war together. So they'd tell war stories at night, play poker around the campfire. And uh, one night, the uh, the guy, one one guy was fire chief of Linda. And he told a story that they they were having all these fires break out in Linda. Just one fire after another fire after another fire. And they thought, man, this 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 is beyond coincidence. There's just like too many fires. And the odd thing is, because Linda had not only some paid firefighters, but they had a lot of volunteers. So volunteers would hear the tones go off of the fire and they would just break from wherever they were and go to the, or whatever medical aid or fire. They would just go from wherever they were to try to get there as soon as possible as a volunteer. And so all of a sudden they started sizing things up. And this one volunteer firefighter was at these fires was always the first, pretty much the first one there. And eventually they caught him. He was setting fires and then going and help fighting the fires. Now, this is exactly what's going on with Tony Fauci and these people. They concocted, they played around with this coronavirus in, in merging animal uh, and human cells. And uh, then it got people sick in the lab and they took it home with them, got other people sick. And then here we go. And then they concocted this big old story with the World Health Organization that somehow just some bat, somebody ate a bat and ate a bad bat. And the, the moral to the story is don't eat a batch of bad bats. Wearing a mask is bad for your health. Doctors tell you that that cuts down your oxygen and you're not designed to live on less oxygen than you should. If you'll notice people that are sick in the hospital have little tubes up their nose. You know what that is, folks? That's oxygen because they're not able to process enough oxygen with their normal body. So they're force feeding them oxygen because if they don't have enough oxygen, they start to fa fail. When you wear a mask all the time, it's going to have long-term negative impact. And you're not designed to breathe in carbon dioxide. That's what you breathe out. So when you breathe it out and it can't all get out of the mask, but you suck it back in, that's bad news. I've met waitress after waitress with those funky masks on, and I just want to scream at them, take the damn mask off. I'm sick of it. I can't hear what you're saying, and you're making yourself sick. And I've had waitresses tell me, I can't breathe in this thing, Lou. I can't breathe. I thought, you know, I get, I'm so fed up with Dr. Ratchet. And the supervisors for paying her and keeping her, they don't do the research. They either know the research and they're just like little sissies that they don't have the balls to fire the woman. And tell the, the counties, you're free. Do whatever you want. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Eat wherever you want. Open up. Fill up every table. Enjoy yourself. Hug people. Kiss people. Shake hands, high five, spit on people, whatever. 
That's freedom, folks. Wear a, use a straw. Don't use a straw. That's freedom, people. During the interview, the infectious disease expert Fauci also admitted that wearing a mask is not 100% effective, but says that it's a gesture that shows respect. You're never going to get me to show you respect by wearing a muzzle on my face. Forget about it. All you guys, I see you guys at the sheriff's department, police department, and sometimes you got a mask on. That does not, do you know what that shows me? You're stupid. Do I like you. But that just shows you're being stupid because you're going to hurt yourself. Being locked down in, a, in your house is bad for your mental health and bad for your immune system. I'm telling you, I didn't come up with this stuff by smoking some weed and having a bad pizza dream. Keeping people in the house is not healthy unless your immune system is gone because it's going to make your immune system go bye-bye. You need to mix it up with people. That's how God created us. And wearing a mask all the time is stupid. I don't care whether Asians wear them or not. It's bad for your health. What you want to do is focus on good immune system health. Okay. Now, I want to spend a little bit of time. Chris Ann Hall wrote this. She said, once again... As in the Dred Scott decision, the court is going to force us to decide whether we are ruled by an oligarchy of five, that means the Supreme Court, or if we are truly a constitutional republic. She says, in a constitutional republic, the rights of the individuals are first, not the interest of the government. That's what we have, folks. We have a constitutional republic, not a democracy. So in a constitutional republic, two things are happening. The rights of the individual are first, not the interest of the government. So the issue when we were down at the Capitol is to hell with what the government was once, what Gavin Newsom wants. Just because he's governor does not mean he rules over us. What he wants on those 15 acres of grounds they have there or whatever doesn't mean jack. It's what the Constitution says. And the Constitution says we have a right to go down and use those grounds without his permission, without the permission of the CHP commander of the state of California, without anybody's permission. We can go down there and gather and have a protest as long as we don't break up stuff. Now, where the liberal mayors and governors are are confused is they think that a protest is when Antifa comes in and breaks all the windows, destroys the vehicles of a car dealership, steals them, trashes everything, beats up the patrons. That's a protest. No, that's criminal behavior. And those people should be shot. Like I saw one Antifa guy that lost an eye. I thought, well, thank you, Jesus. One eye less for him to deal with. The other guy, another guy was got brain injury, got hit with a, a non-lethal shot. I thought, Too bad he didn't get hit with two more. Listen, these are criminal acts of anarchy. There's no different than an enemy attacking us from outside. A constitutional protest is nonviolent. It's peaceful. 
but it is a protest against the government. It isn't civil disobedience. That's not what it is. It's noncompliance. It's civil noncompliance. It's different. It's allowed by the Constitution without permission from the government. The very idea that you have to get permission from the government defeats the, the entire principle of the Founding Fathers. Chris Ann Hall says, but most of all, in a constitutional republic, the Constitution is the standard, not the opinion of the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court the other day said that Gavin Newsom has a right to keep people out of church. I, I, thought, I thought when I saw that, I thought, to hell with the Supreme Court. I don't care what they said. They're just five people. I mean, not five people. They're, uh, uh, it, well, there's more of them than five, but what Chris Ann's saying is if five voted for it, then you got four against it. So five to four, right? Five people. I said, I don't care what the Supreme Court says about freedom of religion. I'm on, I'm going to follow what the Constitution says. If they shoot me over it, they shoot me over it. But I, I don't care. I am not going to do what the... I thought the fact that they agreed with, with Newsom just showed they're stupid. And I'm not going to do that. And we are not ruled by the Supreme Court. We are ruled by the Constitution. A republic, she says, is not built on the rule of five unelected people that rules that rule over three hundred million individuals. That's that's not what a republic is. So she says, if you sub, if you support and submit to this irrational and unconstitutional opinion, then just go ahead and admit that you would have personally returned slaves to their masters, because at one time five. Uh, the Supreme Court said they had, Dred Scott said that people could buy and sell people. It was wrong. They were wrong. The Constitution never said that. The Supreme Court did. The Supreme Court said you could kill a baby. It's still enforced today. There's nothing in the Constitution that says that. They just made that up. So she finally says, if pastors submit, in other words, go along with, you can't have physical church. You've got to do Zoom. If pastors submit, then they admit they are idolaters who fear men more than God. If, if you think she's stretching the word idolatry, you don't know what you're talking about. We'll be right back. We're halfway through the show, and, and uh, we're plowing forward. about what they think about Bernie Sanders. Although he's a millionaire who advocates for the rich to pay their fair share to the poor, he gives relatively low amounts to charity. What will students think about that? Let's take a look. What do you think about Bernie Sanders as a candidate? Uh, I think he's definitely progressive. I think he's what our, what our country needs at this point. Well, I've been a Sanders fan since he launched his first bid for the presidency in 2016. Yeah, I think he's a cool guy. He seems like chill. 
uh, yeah, like his uh, views on student debt a lot. One of his platforms, as you probably know, is to help the poor. Yep. And I would argue that one of the best ways to help the poor is through charity. Mm -hmm. In 2016, when he wrote his book, he made millions of dollars. He became a millionaire. About what percent of his annual income do you think he gave to charity? I'm going to go with 7%. 40? 35. 20, 25. I hope it's a substantial amount of what he earns if that's what he's trying to advocate for and if that's what his platform is on. Uh, I'd say less than 10%. I know he got some pretty nice new houses. Mm, 75%? Okay, would it be surprising if I told you he gave less than 1%? Uh, I guess, yeah. 10%, 5%. Okay, so it was actually less than 1%. Good, good. What if I told you it was less than 1%? Hey. He actually gave less than 1%. Really? If I told you he actually gave less than 1%, Ooh. would you think that's hypocritical that he's kind of, kind of advocating for like the millionaires and billionaires to pay back their fair share, sure. yet he doesn't himself? Yes, definitely. Why would you think that? Because if you're giving 1%, uh, less than 1% of your annual income, you can't go and like rub and then millionaire's face. So when he's actually a millionaire, if you made a, a million from a book. But did you say, whose name did you say before? Bernie, no, Bernie. Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Okay, oh, okay. Bernie gives, like, uh, in 2016, when he made the most money that he has in any year, he gave less than 1%. Definitely not cool if that's what he's trying to praise. Do you think that it's hypocritical that he's advocating for the millionaires and billionaires to pay his fair share when he himself yes. doesn't do so? For sure, for sure. I'm not a particular Bernie fan. <laughs> what do you think about Bernie Sanders as a candidate? Uh, I think he's definitely progressive. I think he's what our, what our country needs at this point. I mean, I, I just think that... It's his money, and he can do what he wants with it. Would you guys think that's hypocritical that he's always talking about, you know, the millionaires and billionaires paying their fair share, but he doesn't do so himself? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I would, would want to know what he's doing with the rest of the money. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I would say so. Um, well, he's always talking about the 1%. Maybe that's the 1% he gave to charity, you know? I don't believe that the best way to help the poor is by giving to charity. I mean, charity, sure, I mean, I think that charity, right, as a concept is, is something that, I mean, that should be core to every liberal, to every progressive, to every person, right? But, um, but the best way to support the poor is through systematic intervention, right? Government intervention. Well, I know he, like, um, he refuses to pay his, like, interns $15 an hour, and there's been a couple other occasions where he's uh, kind of been a bit more hypocritical. He's a millionaire, so he's alongside the millionaires, but he's giving less than 1%, but advocating for millionaires to give more than 1%, theoretically, and that's, like, very hypocritical. My honey, my baby, don't put my love upon no shelf. She said, don't give me no lines and keep your hands to yourself. Well, I don't know whether you saw this article. It's, it's really not being shown much on the media. But we have a German official who leaked a report denouncing the corona approach, the approach to fight coronavirus, as a global, he calls it a global false alarm. 
You know what I did one day? I was uh, walking. Back then, we didn't have 911. You couldn't call 911. I'm so old. It's, I'm, I'm prior to the 911 system. So in our neighborhood in East Marysville, on telephone poles every or PG&E poles, whatever you want to call them, these wooden poles up and down the street, as you walked along, every once in a while, there would be a little red box, and it was a fire alarm box. So if if you noticed a fire or your house was on fire, you couldn't call. You ran out and you pulled the lever on that box. And that triggered, that showed the, the, uh, the fire department which box went off. And so they came towards the box to find the house, right? Because not everybody have a fo- had a phone back then. And so one, one day my friend and I were either going to or coming from school, and we thought, eh, Let's pull, let's pull the lever. Let's see what happens. And lo and behold, they came. The fire department came, right? And uh, so this is, that's called a false alarm. There was no fire. Just my friend and I decided to sound the alarm. It's called a false alarm. So with this German insider in the government said that in their, um, their own interior ministry, he leaked uh, He leaked the scoop that this is a big BS, right? Germany's federal government and mainstream media are engaged in damage control after a report th- that challenges the established corona narrative. Now, the media is always giving you a narrative. Trump urinated or prostitutes urinated on Trump or Trump urinated on prostitutes. Trump is giving the United States to the Russians, right? Trump is going to cause a tariff war. Just one thing. Trump is going to get us into a war with Korea. Just one thing after another, right? And uh, so some of the reports, key passages, this is the report that was leaked. The dangerousness, this is German, the dangerousness of COVID-19 was overestimated probably at no point, uh, overestimated, probably at no point did the danger posed by the new virus go beyond the normal level, just an average garden variety bug that you get and get over. The people who die from corona are essentially those who would statistically die this year because they have reached the end of their lives and their weakened bodies can no longer cope with any. Did you catch that? Any, A-N-Y, any. Any means any, that's all any means. He no longer cope with any random everyday stress, including the approximately 150 viruses currently in circulation. Isn't it nice when you learn things? I just love learning new things. The Germans just informed me. I'm a German. My parents, my dad's parents, I don't know about my mom's, but my dad's parents immigrated from Germany in in the 1800s. And the Germans say that there are 150 viruses. Were you concerned about one virus, Corona? There's 150 viruses they've detected right now in circulation. Thank God if you're out there healthy, just... Right now, just raise your hands and look up to heaven and thank Jesus for a good immune system. 
150 viruses currently in circulation. You didn't, Fauci didn't mention that. Burks, Blinky Burks didn't say that to you. So they said the people who die from Corona, this is real wisdom. I thank God for good German. You know, they make good stuff. They're pretty sharp. They're bright people, intellectuals. The people who die from Corona are essentially those who would statistically die anyway this year because they have reached the end of their lives and their weakened bodies can no longer cope with any random everyday stress, including approximately 150 viruses currently in circulation. That's common sense, people. America has lost their common sense. We we have nothing but razzle-dazzle, psyops, undercover, BS, double talk, lies, Worldwide, within a quarter of a year, this is still the report that got leaked out. Worldwide, within a quarter of a year, there there has been no more than 250,000 deaths from COVID-19, compared to 1.5 million deaths during the influenza wave of 2017-18. Now, did nobody tell you that, that we had 1.5 million flu deaths in 2017-18, and we've only had 350 COVID deaths, 350,000, and they have... If a fly, if a fly killed you and you had COVID on board, in fact, uh, oh, George Floyd, for God's sake, they determined that George had had Corona. And so they're going to add him into the Corona deaths. They're so desperate to get some Corona deaths because if they don't have hardly any deaths, that means this is a nothing burger. A lot of people would have got sick, but people get sick of anything. And they ruined people's entire lives. I want to see Dr. Ratchet list every week how many people died of overdoses, how many people killed each other, how many people killed themselves. Let's see what impact the the policies of the Eubin Sutter County supervisors had, how many killed themselves, how many killed somebody else. How many drank themselves to death? How many people relapsed? How many people freaked out and beat their wife up? Did domestic violence go up? Let's put all the statistics here so everybody sees the big impact. People say, oh, well, they saved all kinds of lives. Oh, yeah. How? Let's look at that. You know, there's a lot more going on than just COVID, folks. There's a lot of fragile people in our community that are holding it together. Do you know something what the government did? This is amazing to me. Totally amazing. The government pretends to be really smart, right? They claim how smart they are. They claim they, oh, yeah, you know, they addiction. We understand. Oh, yeah, alcoholism, it's a disease. Oh, yeah, this, oh, yeah, it's a disease. Oh, yeah, we know so much about it. We studied, studied, studied. Thesis, thesis, thesis. All that. You know what they did? We have, I bet we have, I bet we have five, ten thousand people in AANA and recovery meetings in this community. You know what they did on COVID? They said you can't attend them. You can end your life at home, but but we don't we don't want you to go to a support meeting because you're liable to get COVID and vomit or get a you know. Only two of you are going to die, but you can't go to a meeting because we said so. And we're the smartest people on earth. This 10 supervisors and Dr. Ratchet. You talk about psychological manipulation. I know so many people who have relapsed in this thing, and it just makes me furious. 
I hope I'm never in the room with Dr. Ratchet. I jack slapped the woman. But you know the sad thing is? Ten supervisors who are, you would think they have a lick of common sense, would have stood up to her. But you know something? They're all political prostitutes of Gavin Newsom. Oh, my God, you can't say that. You know, we, we're, we're Republicans. They have an R. They're just R in name only. They just do whatever they do down there in Sacramento. They're, they're of no use. We don't even need a county. Uh, we don't need county politics because all they do is what they're told from Sacramento. They just went along to get along. I had one supervisor say, well, we made the best decision with the information we had. Did you get a second opinion? No, I didn't call anybody. Couldn't you call another doctor? How about call? Don't you know any doctors? 1.5 million deaths, 2017, 2018. Oh, my God, it's so contagious. It's like, oh, my people are going to just drop. You're going to be standing, waiting for a stoplight and just fall over and die. Sitting in the coffee shop. You die, and then the guy, the gal behind the counter, she dies. 250,000 deaths. That's all we got. You think, well, that's a lot of people. Why don't you just follow, why don't you follow the world meter, world meter, like an odometer? It tells you by the moment how many people are dying. And just watch it all night when you're tweaking. It's kind of cool. You haven't got anything to do. You're tweaking all night. Turn on the, it's kind of the, called the world meter or something, world meter. Just Google how many people are dying right now when COVID's not happening. It tells you how many people are dying in the world. Does that freak you out? Does it keep you up at night? I don't, it doesn't keep me up. It may be me. When I get up in the morning, I look around. And I can walk across to the bathroom, get a cup of coffee. I just thank Jesus. I said, got another day? This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice in it. Get it on. Get some wood on the ball says here in this report, the danger is obviously no greater than that of any other virus, according to Insider Report Germany. This is no dangerous than any other virus. There is no evidence that this was more than a false alarm. I want to say that again for some of you with thick skulls. This is ev- there's evidence that this was no more than a big old fat nothing burger. False alarm. A reproach could go along these lines. During the corona crisis, the state has proved itself as one of the biggest producers of fake news. The state. You thought the media just produces fake news. Honestly, people, Gavin Newsom, when he opens his mouth, that dude is the biggest fake His chief of staff found out about that, the guy who helped him get elected mayor, because while he was going out and having lunch and sending this guy on errands and doing this and keeping him busy and giving him nice paychecks, he was screwing his wife. Gavin Newsom was screwing his best friend's wife. He's a fake. He's a fraud. He's a hustler. He'll say anything to get what he wants out of you. The report says so far so bad, but it gets worse. The report focuses on the manifold and heavy consequences of Corona measures. And it warns that these measures are grave, quote unquote. 
More people are dying because of the state-imposed corona measures than they are being killed by the virus. This is what the Germans are saying. Dr. Ratchet is killing Yuba Sutter residents. A lot more than Corona's killed. Oh, she comes on the video and said, we, we are sorry that we couldn't save that 95-year-old that's got one lung and one kidney and one eye and is full of cancer. We're sorry we can't keep her going. She died of COVID. No, she just died because she wore out. The report says that we're killing more people by our manipulation of the population. You know, it's kind of like this, folks. We go out on these tip calls, and we'll... We go out on elderly folks who are living in their home. They've been there for 40, 50, 60 years. Maybe they're the only people. Maybe the husband's died or the wife's died, but they still live in their home, and they're getting feeble, and they're not doing so good, and the fire department calls us, and they said, hey, can you figure out a way to help this person? So we triage the situation, and our goal is to keep them in their home. Why? Because even though they're having a difficult time, they're going to live a happy life and they're going to live longer if they remain in their familiar circumstances and are comfortable in their home. And even though they can't see too well or get around too well, they know where everything is, right? They, it's in their brain. The map of the home is in their brain. The minute we move them and drop them into a care home, how, do you, how long do you think they last? They don't. Why? Because people are comfortable in their setting. They become, that's why they say, I don't want to leave my home. My friend who's a TIF volunteer, I think her mom lives down in Monterey or Carmel or something, Half Moon Bay. She's 95. And they provide some support for her to stay in her home near the ocean. And she's doing just fine because she has extra support. If they move her, she would probably die. People are sensitive that way. Most people, the report says, are dying because of state-imposed corona measures, or more people are dying than state corona measures than they're being killed by the virus. The guy says, the reason is a scandal in the making. A corona-focused German health system, healthcare system, is postponing life-saving surgeries and, and delaying or reducing treatment for non-corona patients. Do you know they're postponing cancer surgeries? All the, sur- oh, well, we, they're elective. Yeah, they're elective because they're not on their, you know, they didn't get run over. The 93-page report titled Analysis of the Crisis Management has been drafted by a scientific panel appointed by the Interior Ministry and composed by external medical Experts from several German universities. Anyway, they found out who the whistleblower is, and as they do all whistleblowers, they released him. That doesn't mean he did something that was not helpful to the public. He did something that wasn't helpful to government. Government is to be protected at all costs. That's why they have no transparency. 
That's why they um, they have closed sessions. That's why they cheat and have violations of the Brown Act, which was supposed to protect the public by mandating that discussions about critical matters are made in public as opposed to in the back room or down at the bar. And so government continuously is a ripoff to the people. So, uh, this is interesting in Germany. This is what's going on. You, they, nobody's, Dr. Ratchet's not talking about this. In on May 3rd, in the German newspaper, Das Bild, B-I-L-D, Das and Bild, B-I-L-D, it says, dramatic consequences of the corona measures. This is a headline. 52,000 cancer operations delayed. What happens? Oh, it's no big deal. Really? No big deal? 52,000 cancer cancer operations delayed. That's as a result of shutting down these hospitals. Does that mean they were full of COVID? No, no, no. The hospitals laid off workers. They did not get overrun with people. They laid off workers and just kept them at home. And they didn't do the surgeries. They could have done the surgeries, but they didn't do them. They set a policy that was government instituted, and they followed it, and it screwed everybody's lives over because the masterminds at the top, the Frankenstein scientists, devised all these ways to manipulate the public. No churches. We don't want no churches meeting. It's a waste of time anyway. And they're going to get each other sick. But people got to go get the alcohol. Alcoholics got to go get their alcohol. Otherwise, they're going to go into withdrawals. And, and we same with the marijuana people. And, and there's no way that people can wait any time for an abortion. They got to get one right now. And we got to pay for it. All right, I'm going to go down here. So that's the German situation. And, uh, oh, here's maybe. Uh, no, I don't want to go there. Yeah, that's it pretty much. Oh, this is good. This is good. I watched some Germans do this. It says in this article, Germans began demonstrating against lockdowns as early as April. Isn't that interesting? I saw that on YouTube. Man, they were furious. Thousands of citizens kept showing up at at uh, demonstrations every weekend, even as the governor government was easing restrictions. The demonstrations are not merely against restrictions, which have actually been comparatively mild compared to many in the Western countries. In other words, Germans wanted their freedom. The demonstrations questioned the entire Corona negative narrative. And even uh, more its principles, especially the role of Bill Gates, who is is on the vaccinations uh, and who the second uh, Bill Gates being the second biggest donor to who. The biggest demonstration took place in Stuttgart on May 9th, where tens of thousands of people assembled to say no to the world health.
The world, the leaked report, according to the Germans, has proved their fears to be well-founded. Germans are saying no to any Orwellian solution the government might one day impose out of a questionable emergency status from mass surveillance apps to mandatory evacuations. I like what the Germans are up to. We're going to take a break. We're going to do our fifth segment in just a moment. The city of Madison, Wisconsin, announced on Saturday night that they would not arrest the rioters who were looting and burning the city. But on Sunday, the city of Madison, Wisconsin, enforced a ban prohibiting Catholic churches from having more than 50 parishioners at Mass. In the state of Massachusetts last night, rioters in downtown Boston looted, burned, and destroyed. My brother-in-law watched from his window. But this morning, the city ensured that the driving range in East Longmeadow is still shut down. In California, the city of Santa Monica tweeted today, quote, if you are supporting local cleanup efforts, please bring your own face coverings, work gloves, brooms, dustpans, and trash bin. Please stay six feet apart and work in small groups, end quote. But last night, business owners in Santa Monica were forced to stand guard with firearms and protect their own property because the incompetent liberal government refused to do their job. What I just described is every petty tyrant's dream, selective enforcement of the law, picking and choosing which laws to enforce to target innocent citizens while refusing to hold accountable under the law, the violent law-breaking mobs. And they have the audacity to pretend it's about COVID-19. Make no mistake, no matter what these petty tyrants in local government try to tell you, the government-mandated COVID-19 lockdowns are dead. The COVID lockdown is over. There is no reason to justify a single constitutionally dubious, unscientific dictate from any state or local official forcing people to keep their businesses closed or keep their kids out of school or wear a mask or stay inside their own home after this. Government-mandated extreme social distancing is dead. Why? Because putting aside the fact that scientific evidence shows that lockdowns did not stop the spread of COVID-19 anyway, putting aside the data that shows the transmission risk of COVID-19 in retail environments is low, putting aside the fact that people under the age of 24 are more likely to be struck by lightning than to die from COVID-19, our government officials have made the new social distancing rules very clear. If you protest the draconian lockdown mandates in Michigan, then you're killing granny. Basically, you are no better than the virus itself. If you go to church, God have mercy on your soul because the First Amendment's in quarantine and your worship is non-essential. If you go to the beach, you are a vain, selfish troll. But if you gather in massive groups and you riot, you vandalize, you beat innocent shop owners, you burn down cities across America, if you pretend your anarchy is in the name of social justice, if you cry woke and decry white privilege, then go ahead and march in groups as big as you want because the virus won't touch social justice warriors. 
at least according to politicians who shut down churches but refuse to shut down the riots. Therefore, make no mistake, the COVID-19 lockdowns are dead. Little old lady got mutilated late last night. Werewolves of London again. That as you probably know more about what's going on by watching some television and all these newscasts. But let me just read you. This is shocking to me. In the last 96 hours, and this article is written, which is about probably 24 hours ago. I'm going to just read you some of the damage to law enforcement. Personal damage. A lot a Las Vegas metropolitan police officer was shot in the back of the head and while struggling with a rioter. An active shooter opened fire on law enforcement at a Las Vegas courthouse. Four St. Louis police officers were shot by an active shooter. A New York police officer was struck by a vehicle. Three Buffalo law enforcement officers, that's Buffalo and New York, struck by a vehicle in front of the police station. Three Davenport law enforcement officers were ambushed and one was shot. 132 officers were injured in Chicago during that riot. Nine Pittsburgh officers were injured by objects during that riot. Several officers in Rhode Island were injured during riots there. An active shooter opened fire at the Oakland Police Department in California. Two officers were struck in the head with projectiles in Santa Ana, California. Two Richland officers were shot in Virginia. One officer was struck in the head by a brick in Albany, New York. Four Prince William County police officers sustained head injuries from projectiles. Seven officers were injured in Sacramento, California. Several officers were shot at or injured at Lynchburg, Virginia. Several Champaign, Illinois police officers were injured. Three Oak Law police officers were injured. 21 officers were injured in Salt Lake City. At least 50 Secret Service agents were injured by a Molotov cocktail in Washington. Three Denver police officers were ran over by a vehicle. 33 New York police officers were injured during riot the riots. Six Athens police officers were injured during the protest. Two Capitol police officers were injured during a riot in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Twelve Las Vegas Metropolitan police officers were injured during the riots. 21 Minneapolis law enforcement officers were injured in the riots. And one Federal Protective Services officer was shot and killed. Well, I I guess uh, if you thought that was all about um, Lloyd or George Lloyd, I think you're mistaken. A number of these people are black. If it's Black Lives Matter... And maybe they don't consider if you wear a uniform, you're still black. I don't know. Uh, I I just, I don't know how that works. So um, let me, uh, I've spoken a lot about um, coronavirus and, and the riots let me go over for a minute here. I want to talk about another situation that I got right in on the tail end of. Oh, 
here's a good one. Let me let me do this. Uh, and then I want I want to give some credit to some supporters that keep me on the air. Uh, there's a guy that started a group called Project Veritas or Truth, Project Truth, named James O'Keefe, his investigative journalist. So they they do undercover work. And some of their first work was done by going into abortion clinics and showing that underage girls could go in, go in and get sexual uh, pharmaceutical stuff as well as abortions. And even though they're underage, they're, they're like 13, 14 years of age. So then he over the years, he's done more and more stuff. They've they've caught Planned Parenthood selling baby baby parts. But here they infiltrated infiltrated a Portland, Oregon's Antifa group. And it and so they were there pretending that they're part of the group. And so they heard their strategy. And so one of their strategies is to poke your eye out. In other words, and and it, it isn't just people showing up and running all over the place, helter skelter, pandemonium. They all have a particular mission, and they have a back where to retreat to. They're they're connected by communications. They they have people to sh- to meet them at the police station to take care of their legal issues and pay for their bail. Uh, you know they're paid. Uh, they have aid stations if they get hurt, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So anyway, Project Veritas stepped in and uh, explained how they uh, are telling people how to do damage on folks. And uh, so that's that. Let's see what I... Oh, I want to talk about Tiananmen Square. But first, I want to give credit to where credit's due and... uh, Thank uh, some guys that uh, do uh, help me stay here doing this program, and so there's three three of them, and the first one's Monty Hecker with Elite Universal Security, and so if you want a job, they're they're hiring people, and uh, they're not going to keep giving you stimulus money forever or these these uh, premiums on your unemployment. So you can get a job with them. They're in Yuba County, but they serve all over Northern California above Sacramento and above all the way the or into Oregon and you can call them at 530-749-0280 if you still want to get a gun permit and you want to go through the whole permit thing which I don't but if you do and be legal legal uh according to the state laws as opposed to the constitution you can go there and they'll help you go through the training they'll put you to the training and take you to the gun range and get you all ready to go and get your permit properly Five three zero seven four nine zero two eight zero. They have all kinds of courses on how to be a guard, and that would prepare you even to go into policing. Uh, so they'll train you. They they have online courses as well as in person courses, and uh, they even have courses on tasers and pepper spray. If you're a female and you don't want to use a gun but you want something, they help you with that as well. So uh, they're right here in Yuba County. And easy to find, 5548 Feather River Boulevard, uh, just off Highway 70. And you take the Feather River Boulevard exit and just keep going out that road and you'll run right into them. So give them a shout out. And uh, if you need anybody to guard your properties, whether farm property, industrial property, businesses, your maybe you want them to do a uh, vacation watch. I know the police will do those. Usually volunteer police will do those for uh, usually for free. But if you need something to watch, they'll do that for you as well. So give them a shout out. Also, I want to talk about Dave Greenitz. I just saw a bathroom that they 
remodeled, just an old, aged-looking bathroom like probably what y'all have, like I have. And they just went in there and just put all new tile, flooring, sink, uh, commode, or, uh, you know, the whole thing. And uh, curtains, mirrors, lights, and it just looked stunning, really good. And uh, so you can check out... uh, you can check that out if you're interested in upgrading your home. I just don't see any need, any sense in buying a new home, particularly if you have a Proposition 13 in the state of California. Uh, fixing up your home is the way to go. And you can keep your same <clears throat> tax level, and um, plus you end up with a, a new home inside. Pretty pretty awesome. So I'm just scrolling through here. I wanted to give you Dave Greenett's connection. Um, You can call him at 530-682-9602. So he's a remodeling ace. That's why I got the best on the show, pitching the best. 530-682-9602. He's not only good himself and his carpenters, but the subs he brings in to do the tile work, the paint work, the lighting work, the uh, design work. Just everything are just like premium. So if you're going to spend some money and you want to look at really good, he's the guy to go to, 6829602. Now, hot like tonight, if I had, you know, if, like tonight, if you had like a big old one of those big air conditioners and you'd like, oh, man, it's nice and cool. But if you had one of those house fans that Dave Granitz will put in for you, they you could cut that utility bill way down, right? Because a house fan, whole house fan, up in the attic, sucking the hot air out of your attic, cool the house down, and it'll bring in cool air from the outside, hot air from the inside. And uh, it's a way to conserve energy while still cooling you down. So give them a call. They'll also put on a deck on your house, redo the front entrance. They're remodelers, kitchen and bath, unbelievable. Go look at his website, greenitzconstruction.com, G-R-E-E-N-E-T-Z, or... Dave Granite's construction Facebook site. And for you that are, are not courageous enough to dial the phone up and give him a shout on the phone, you can email him right off one of those sites and you can begin a conversation. Uh, if you need to ghost him and just disappear, you could do that by just uh, emailing him. And uh, you can dialogue back and forth without getting nervous and <clears throat> having to breathe into a paper bag. The final one is a plumbing doctor, and we're using those right now. We had a we got a building we're going to use for the church to house a bunch of students, and we had we took it over, and, and we knew that we had a breach in the plumbing line, one of the, the the sewer lines, and so we got the plumbing doctor helping us. We're doing a lot of the work ourselves, but they're they're helping us with a camera to run down in there and all kinds of technical stuff. So the plumbing doctor, the cool thing about them is you can the, their ad says there's a good chance they could come out the same day you call them. Isn't that cool? Particularly, you know, if you just have something, you say, hey, I want to replace my toilets, cut the water use in half, and Marisol save me a lot of money. Um, that's one thing. But if you have a stoppage or you have a big leak or something gnarly and you need somebody right now, there's probably a good chance they're going to be there right now if you call them up. So the way to get a hold of them is 530-671-9111, 530-671-9111. So all these guys, Greenitz, Money Hecker with Elite Universal Security and 
Ted Holmes is a plumbing doctor. It's good, good people, honest people. They're not going anywhere. Um, I don't know how long Monty's been in this area, but I know Holmes and Green's been here over 40 years. And uh, they're not going anywhere unless they move in with Jesus. But uh, in terms of the United States, they're, uh, they're here, and they do great work. Hey, I want to mention also uh, for those – I've spent some time with Chris Ann Hall. Not, it's not personal time, but I had lunch with a group that we all had lunch together after Chris Ann and J.C. Hall were here. And, um, uh, and I've been following her teachings a little more closely because it seems like she's posting more on Facebook. But you can you can get a daily uh, teaching from her, and you can learn. You can she's got all kinds of articles on her website. You can learn a lot from her, and it will it'll set you free. The you know the Bible says the truth will set you free, biblical truth will set you free, but also just general truth sets you free. When you learn, for, for instance, you go to the doctor, you're sick, you're not don't know what's wrong with you. And when the doctor figures it out and he gives you the truth, even though you may it may freak you out a little bit, uh, at least it's like you know what's going on, right? It's the truth. So uh, let me give you some connections to study the Constitution. Now, I play a, a, a little two-minute or it's actually three-point-something-minute clip by Jake McCauley and Jake and Dominic. And they're a family that has become experts on the Constitution, and so they have – they have a website, instituteontheconstitution.com, Institute on the Constitution. And then they have a video that you could probably look up on YouTube, a video each week, theamericanview.com, theamericanview.com. And, they, and so we've been playing those clips on our uh, podcast from the Macaulays. So Chris Ann Hall is K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L, one word, Chris K, Chris and A-N-N-E Hall, chrisannhall.com. So you can go on there, and I think for a monthly, there's probably a lot of free stuff on our website, but there is probably a monthly stipend or a retainer or what do you want to call it, membership, where you can tap into her online teaching. This gal's got the goods, I'm telling you. She'll put those other attorneys to shame. In fact, she, she said in our meeting, she said, I will debate Anybody in the United States, uh, I know the Constitution and what and who wrote it and what they were thinking. Oh, the last one is Hillsdale EDU, one of the best colleges in the country. Been here for almost a couple hundred years, I think. Uh, Hillsdale College, Hills D A L E. Uh, it's Hillsdale College, but the website is hillsdale.edu. You can do online studies from them, no charge. They do ask for a contribution, but it's not necessary if you can't afford it. They would rather, they, in other words, you can study the Constitution sitting in, in your front room at hillsdale.edu. Now, listen, if they don't use the excuse that, well, I didn't get it in school, I didn't get a lot of things in school that I learned later on. Uh, the point is school just kind of gets you started on how to learn. It's kind of like your mom when she she used to feed you and put the spoon in your mouth, and then it was a big breakthrough that day when you actually took the spoon and put it in your own mouth. And so school basically gets you prepared by teaching you how to get the spoon in your own mouth 
And then you need to go out and forage about and figure out what food you really like instead of spitting it out all the time. So that's what this is about. It's about, hey, if you think, oh, well, I wish I'd have learned that in school. Well, get over it, right? If you think you got a few years left on the earth, go out and make, you know, um, put some effort into it, right? Put some effort into it. So, okay, uh, let me go on here. And uh, we got a few minutes left in this section, so let me just jump down here and see if I can do something really quick. Oh, I wanted to mention this. There was an article about, uh, well, it's a 2019 deal now. Maybe it happened in late 2018. A Somali Muslim immigrant to Minneapolis, Minnesota, where we just had these riots, right? His name is Muhammad Noor, N-O-O-R, Somali guy cop he became a cop he's kind of a refugee made good became a cop and for some reason they were called by the 911 system to go to this alley back of this house and this that this woman had called for help and this woman came out and as she approached the car something got into Muhammad Noor and he pulled his his firearm and shot her just an innocent individual that was the actually reporting party on an on an issue, and um, he killed her, and so he lost his job. He went to jail, and they sentenced him to twelve and a half years in prison. Now, uh, he said that he just misread the situation. He heard a bang. And he was trying to protect his partner. And I guess somehow he thought the woman was involved with some bang. But she was simply just walking up to the car. And uh, he shot her just unarmed and killed her. So in the uh, Muhammad Noor, who now is considered, is it considered a Somali-American, shot Justine Ruzik Damond a white upper middle class dual citizen of the U.S. and Australia, says when she approached his car in the alley behind her home in July 2017. So in 2019, he was sentenced and went to prison. And he had remorse. He just thought, he just said, I think I just, I made a mistake. I lost it, made a mistake. The unique thing about this is there was no rioting. There was no rioting. Nobody freaked out. Uh, there was a lot of news about it, but no windows got broken. Nobody stole booze or tennis shoes or big flat screen TVs or sprayed F the pigs. It was just a tragedy, right? Just a big tragedy. Uh, I'm just looking here and see if there is some more. Uh, some more things to talk about about that. You probably remember that, but I've been following it or thinking about it uh, ever since it happened because I thought it was so unusual, and I thought, what got into the guy? What got into the guy? You know, the other day, the uh, the ladies that were, there, there was 32 people arrested on May 1st in the, at the Sacramento Capitol. And um, one of the guys arrested was a friend of mine. 
I was down there, but I didn't realize where they were getting arrested and why. I didn't see what what was going on. And uh, here's what they were charged with. This Andrea Hedstrom was arrested. She's a mother of four. She didn't do anything violent. They just she was just there, and there was no permit, which is not a that's a violation of the Constitution to make the make you have to have a permit. So this is what her uh, citation read: prohibited contact. This is section eighteen sixty one. She was present in or upon state property when closed to the public. Now there's no way to close the grasses to the public. Uh, let me just uh, let me just change this computer and we'll go into our sixth segment. Okay, hold on. Founding Father, Abolitionist, and First Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Jay, reflected, It is much to be wished that slavery may be abolished. The honor of the states, as well as justice and humanity, in my opinion, loudly call upon them to emancipate these unhappy people, to contend for our own liberty, and to deny that blessing to others, involves an inconsistency not to be excused. During the unconstitutional lockdowns of COVID-19, many in the white communities of America finally started waking up to the drastic and gross measures by which hateful power structures are willing to suppress, oppress, and deny the God-given rights of themselves and their families. Tragically, our brothers and sisters of African descent have been experiencing this systematic oppression for hundreds of years. Starting with the institution of chattel slavery, leading to the hatred and persecution of individuals based on the color of their skin rather than the content of their character, it is clear to any observer that both sinful and abominable behaviors stand in direct contradiction to the laws of nature and nature's God. These sacred laws provide the structure and order that our Creator intended for humanity in which every man was to be considered equal and protected by the divine law with the unalienable right of life, liberty, and property. John Adams contested, liberty must at all hazards be supported. We have a right to it derived from our maker. Founding Father James Wilson observed, without liberty, law loses its nature and its name and becomes oppression. Thomas Jefferson, later realizing God-given rights ought to be afforded and protected by all men, penned the words, all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with the right to not only life and liberty, but the right to pursue happiness in the moral structure and virtue of our Creator. Due to much hypocrisy throughout our history, leading theologians, statesmen, and ministers have demanded of our civil body politic to be true to what our founders said on paper. Last month, I had the opportunity to share a similar message at the capital of North Carolina. I reasoned that the lawless closure order of the governor was outrageous and filled with contempt for the rule of law. And this contempt is exceedingly dangerous because lawlessness breeds lawlessness. For example, when the governor of the state of Minnesota jettisons his duty as the protector of rights and becomes a violator of rights, he becomes a lawbreaker and he sets an example that encourages other officials, like the police, to lose respect for law and order as well. 
I am grateful to see media, politicians, and everyday citizens finally acknowledge that rather than distancing, once again, liberty is worth assembling for, singing for, peacefully protesting for, holding hands for, and living for. I submit to everyone's candor that right now, being a true American and a true child of God, you realize that there should be no distance between any American and their liberty. We will fight any oppressive, tyrannical system that would murder the most basic rights of humanity given to us by our Creator, as recorded in Genesis chapter 1. This is Jake McCauley with the Institute on the Constitution, bringing you The American View. Well, that's good. Uh, now, would you say Mr. Grundy is a man of good character? Hey, hey, wait a second, Arch. You don't have to answer that question. I mean, this guy just can't walk in here, flash a badge, and start prying into people's characters. Dummy up, will you? This is the government. The government can do whatever it wants. Don't you know that? Arch, he's violating the Bill of Rights. It's against the Constitution. Don't be bothering the U.S. government with the Constitution. <laughs> Why, are you afraid the government might read it? <laughs> Even though the war's unconstitutional. Hey, uh, uh, don't uh, write that down, Mr. Bradford. Anyway, he's talking about another war and all. Freedom! Freedom! Here comes the freedom man! On this day of independence, on this independence day, listen to an American troubadour from the USA. I'm singing a All right, song so let me read you what she, what all the 32 people, it says, present in or upon state property when closed to the public. So they arbitrarily just decided to close it that day. This is a huge, if you've ever been to state capitol, it's blocks long. And they just decided to, to uh, in fact, where we were standing, people could just walk on there and have a sandwich. They just decided the people that were there to protest against Governor Newsom it was close to them, even though there wasn't a fence around the whole, the several blocks. Said person is in or on state property or area thereof during the hours when said state property is not open to the general public and said person does not have a permit, the authority or lawful reason to be there. You don't need a permit according to the Constitution, and it's an open area. If you want to lock the door to the Capitol, you can do that. Now, they also cited the woman and all the, and the 31 others with California Health and Safety Code 120175. Why am I just thinking that law enforcement officers just go looking for something that will fit this person because they want to get rid of them? Each health officer, it says, knowing or having reason to believe that any case of the diseases made reportable by regulation of the department or any other contagious, infectious, or communicable disease exists or has recently existed within the territory under his or her jurisdiction shall take measures or may be necessary to prevent the spread of disease or occurrence of additional cases. You know what this is about? They didn't have their masks on. So the police charged Hedstrom, which is the lady, lady's last name, with remaining on closed state property without a permit. Um, and creating, they tried to get a permit, but they were refused. And in creating a health hazard. So, 
the code uh, was even misspelled, the write-up. But the issue was they didn't have a mask on and they didn't keep social distance. Now, listen, people. Those laws, there's no laws like that made by the legislature. That's just simply Governor Newsom created something out of thin air and jerked people around. Now, I can't wait to court to court to come to pass unless they just decide to drop this. Now, they harass this woman, mother of four. Now, the the people where I'm reading this article is out of a good newspaper called the California Globe, G-O-L-B-E. Very good, very good articles. And they write in their article, the California Globe wonders how many Antifa and Black Lives Matter protesters were issued citations for violating the state health code and spreading contagious, infectious or communicable, spelled correctly in this case, diseases. The court hearing uh, for these people, I believe, is June 30, the end of this month, 2020. All right. So let me see. I thought there was something else I wanted to tell you. We got a few minutes left. We got 15 minutes yet here today. Uh, oh, I wanted to talk about Tiananmen Square, and I scrolled down here, and I could not find it today. That I, the day I'm doing this, I'm doing this on the fourth of June, but you'll you'll hear about it on the sixth. Well, there's a great article. Um, well, I can't even remember what where it was. The great article. Um, now I can't even find it. Here we go. Okay. Well, I'll just have to tell you the guy that wrote it was actually present in Beijing the day. Of the massacre, his name's Fred Giedrich. Giedrich, G E D R I C H. So he said, "What I saw thirty years ago, thirty years later, what I saw and what happened afterwards." So anyway, he describes what happened. Now he may have been in a hotel that I was at just a year or so later when I went to Beijing for the first time, and I really wasn't that tuned into. Uh, to Tiananmen Square or the riot or what. And I learned about it after going there. So um, the anniversary of the 50-year anniversary of it, or 30-year anniversary of it, was actually last year. But this today is is another annual anniversary. So June 3 and 4, 2019, marked the 30th anniversary of Tiananmen Square massacre. So if you've never been to Beijing, very simple. Beijing is the capital of China, just like Washington, D.C. is for us. And they have a massive bunch of government buildings in a, that, with a big square in the center called Tiananmen Square. And at one end of the square is what they call the Forbidden City, which is kept as a museum, outdoor museum, that that is where the... Uh, the dynasties, the kings and queens of the dynasties used to live. So Tiananmen Square, they I've read all kinds of numbers, like there were a million students. But but a, an activist had been uh, killed or found dead or something, or they took him into custody and he died. So there was a protest, a free freedom protest, a democracy protest, the same type of protests that are going on in the city of Hong Kong right now. 
But these happened in Tiananmen Square. This is prior to computers, prior to technology. There, there wasn't much news coming out of China back then. It was very controlled, much more controlled than today. So this Giedrich said, this is what I saw. He said, uh, I observed uh, the following is what I observed during those faithful and sad days in Beijing when Chinese Communist People's Liberation Army, the PLA, killed, maimed, and incarcerated several thousand of their own unarmed countrymen and women. I arrived in Beijing on the afternoon of June 2nd. So he got himself settled in a hotel, and I think it was one of the hotels, maybe it may have been the same hotel I stayed in, because the hotel had actually gun, had bullet holes in the uh, stucco or concrete on the outside of the hotel. And uh, so he said, after arrival, I was transported to a local hotel uh, catering to Westerners. Uh and he was right on the thoroughfare to Tiananmen Square, not far from the U.S. Embassy. I immediately went from a hotel to the street to mingle with a general euphoric and friendly public crowd on their bicycles. Back then, that's all that they had was bicycles. There were just a car here and there. Mostly them were black bicycles with people with blue, uni- dark blue uniforms on, Mao uniforms. Everybody, male and female, no, sep- no exceptions. So uh, anyway, he goes on to tell about it. He said, amidst the euphoria and excitement, I, I encountered danger lurking just a few blocks away from the hotel in the form of a large convoy of Chinese military troop trucks laden with armed soldiers and block, blocking several bridges and thoroughfares to the square. Brave local citizens, only armed with words, circled every one of those trucks trying to dissuade. That's what we did in Sacramento the other day, trying to dissuade the troops from entering the square and turn their weapons on peaceful demonstrators. Walking among them, it was apparent that I was about to bear witness to a historic event as China's oppressed population sought more freedom, liberty, and and dignity from the communist rulers. I was greeted. He said, I was greeted by most folks with warm smiles. Anyway, what ensued afterward, uh, he was up in his hotel, and he got a call that they were now... um, from the government of the U.S. saying they were now attacking the students. And some people said there was, I don't know how they would say there's a million people there unless they were in the side streets as well. It's a huge, it's a huge uh, square, massive, massive, massive. And, uh, but I don't know how you get a million people in there, maybe. But it was packed with people with tents and everything else, giving speeches. What ensued afterward became one of the most memorable days of my life. I watched events unfold from a hotel room lobby and street. A few hours after the troops took action to disperse the demonstrators in and around the streets of Tiananmen, military deployed a convoy of tanks down a main avenue and stopped in front of our hotel. It was at that moment I witnessed the spirit of freedom in action. Remember, freedom isn't free. Against overwhelming odds, those sympathetic to the freedom movement fought back without weapons. Some attempted to stop the tanks by erecting barricades and blowing up cars, buses, and trucks on the street in a futile attempt to prevent the convoy from moving forward because they were going to move forward and kill all those people in the square. Eventually, the troops in the tanks used machine gun fire to disperse demonstrators and for good measure, directing a few warning shots towards our hotel. That's the hotel that got the bullets in it to prevent Westerners from, in other words, they didn't want Westerners looking or coming out of the hotel. It's kind of like 
being quarantined in your own house. The tanks eventually burst through burning debris and headed towards the avenue towards Tiananmen. Afterwards, I went into the street to comfort some of the locals. Their faces were filled with horror, voices with anguished cries. Various sources suggested death casualties among the locals ranged from several hundred to several thousand, but no one knows for sure because the communist government's tight control of information. In a span of just a few short hours, I witnessed the spark of freedom and saw it immediately extinguished. And I decided forthwith that speaking out on behalf of freedom would be my life's passion. Um, How did the U.S. respond to Tiananmen Square? They really didn't. They just kept coddling China. A series of U.S. administrations, George H.W. Bush, William Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama basically followed a path of not severely punishing China, but helping it develop economically, uh, giving them technology, and uh, basically they just gave away the farm. This is amazing. For example, China in 1989, when Tiananmen Square started, June of 1989, the gross domestic product of China was $348 billion. According to CIA World's Factbook, in 2017, the same domestic product pro, the statistic, they went from $348 billion in products they put out to $23.2 tr- trillion, billion to trillion. Uh, that is um, about 27 years. They went from 348 billion to 23.2 trillion, surpassing the U.S. and making it the world's largest economy. But they're severe human rights. They're tortures. They they harvest organs. They they have millions of people in concentration camps. So uh, th- today, the fourth of June, I you know I have a friend of mine who's a uh, retired Oceanside police officer. And he gave me this large, it's probably about two feet by three feet photo of the tank man. A guy, if you Google tank man, it'll show a picture of him. And it shows a shot from this hotel room up up several stories in a hotel room. It shows a line of tanks and one fellow standing right in the center, in the front center of the first tank. And they won't run over him for some reason. And eventually... People came and grabbed him and took him away from there, but he really disappeared and never was saw again, seen again. And uh, so that was the bravery of Tank Man. But Chinese and Vietnam, they don't have any guns. And that's the difference between here and there is that uh, they have no ability to take up arms uh, against the government. Um so the other thing I wanted to tell you, and we're, we're running, we just have a few more minutes. Um, let's see, what do I want to do here? Oh, I want to just mention, here's, here's the deception you face in the media. So George Lloyd dies. So the first, the first autopsy says, that, you know, he, he died of a Basically, George Floyd died of a heart attack, right? The first autopsy said he didn't have any smothering or I forget what they call it. I'll look it up here in a minute. Lack of air, right? Didn't if you look at the if you look at the picture, he really doesn't show him losing. He wasn't on his uh, breathing apparatus. 
I'm not saying that they should have done that. I'm just saying it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. The facts are not being told to this. So here's some facts that Candace Owen, a black woman, brings out. She says George Floyd is neither a martyr or a hero. Uh, But she says, I hope the family gets the justice they deserve. I do, too. We should hope that when anybody dies and they think there's a criminal activity, right? But she says she condemns Officer Derek Chauvin's murder or his contribution to his death. Uh, But Owens notes that Floyd, but she says, uh, let me think here. So she says Floyd was high, which he was. When they did the autopsy, he had fentanyl in his system and methamphetamine in his system. Now, the doctor said that didn't kill him because they could see on a video he walked into the store under his own power. But what fentanyl does, any opiate slows your heart down. Eventually, that's how people die. They don't die of a heart attack. They just die. It's like running out of gas and your car just comes to a halt. And so fentanyl or an overdose of opiates causes your heart to just slow, 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 stop. And so he was he had fentanyl and methamphetamine on board at the time of his death. He was said to be acting strangely outside the store that refused his um, counterfeit $20 bill. So, but here's his record. Just to show you, here's, uh, the guy is no martyr. Are you sad that he died? Yep. He, He got, he was high. He was trying to pass a bad bill. And he got arrested, and they, they, he had a heart attack in the process. But here's, this, here's the deal. He's had jail sentences in 1998, 2002, 2004, 2005, 2007. In 2007, he and a group of guys did a home invasion. A woman was pregnant. He grabbed the woman. He could see she was pregnant. He put a gun to the baby in the womb. Uh, put it in the uterus. She put a gun to the, the woman's stomach, whatever you want to call it. And uh, he held it there, threatening her until they searched the house for drugs and money. And then they left. It was an African-American pregnant woman. That was his 2007 gig. And I think he did five years for that. So Candace Owens challenges the idea of lifting Flo- Floyd up to be a hero. Shelby Steele, who is a well-known black author and philosopher, if you will, political philosopher, says he says about black people, Shelby Steele's black, we are the only people that fight and scream and demand support and justice for the people in our community that are up to no good. I thought that was an interesting position. The white community, and I don't believe the Hispanic community, and maybe not the Asian, maybe the Hispanic community sometimes, We don't make martyrs out of our criminals. Can criminals turn their life around? In fact, I was at a prayer, prayer meeting tonight. The place was full of criminals that have changed their lives. And I'm thrilled with it. And I'm proud of them. But I would not make them. Uh, I would not make a statue of them in the town square and, and say what a wonderful person they are. Their life, 
their contributions to society. Am I happy that they gained forgiveness from Jesus and they got off drugs and they quit robbing people and doing crazy shooting people? Absolutely. But we don't make martyrs or heroes of them, right? We don't. So Candace Owens made a a, um, a video uh, rant, and it's actually been seen by millions now. And she just said, "Hey, let's just let's just you know, it's kind of like uh, going to a funeral where a guy's been a criminal all his life, and all you hear is is good stories about him, and nothing that he was a criminal all his life." So she says she questions the narrative on police brutality. So the the impression the media gives you is that the police are very difficult on the black community. It says a police officer is 18 and a half times more likely to be killed himself or herself by a black person than the other way around. Do some officers do the wrong thing? She said, yes. They're always going to exist because they're human beings, and sometimes human beings suck. Society is not perfect. I have said that for years, uh, and the, the, the nice thing or what you hope for in any agency, any government agency, and it's not true always, but it tends to be more true, at least it is in law enforcement up here because I've worked with them, is that bad apples, if you want to call them that, are people that aren't doing the job correctly, are removed from the job. They get them out. That isn't true of other areas. Bad doctors or bad performers in the Veterans Administration, they could not get rid of those people until Trump took office. But among law enforcement, um, usually they can remove those people. Now, is that true in every agency? No, I don't think it's true in every agency because in some agencies people have had a history and when I say I had a history, it's not like every week they're doing something gnarly, but maybe they've got a few complaints that were substantiated in their past, like the gentleman that the cop that had his knee on his neck uh, had some other complaints. And his, his records are now made public, so you can check it out for yourself if you don't, if you want to see for yourself, which, hey, you ought to. Do, do your own research. But the point I think is she makes a good point. Now, if you think that the, all this rioting, is literally about him. Uh, George Floyd. Then why, why would they kill black people and beat up black people? Because that's what's happening in these riots. It's not just whites and Asians and Jewish people and uh, people of all ethnic backgrounds. They're killing and beating up black people as well that have businesses. Why is that? The fact is, it's not about race, or it's not about racism or ethnicity. It's about class warfare. This is a class warfare thing. They, people in this country want to overthrow the capitalist system and the system that our Constitution guarantees our freedoms. So we're done for today, and um, I'm thrilled. And it's still hot out. It's already um, after midnight, and it's still hot out. It's now the uh, 5th of June. And so we're going to let Tanner Martis from Texas work on this and make it sound right. And thank you for listening. And if you run into somebody you don't know, uh, you might spend some time with them. It, it may be a, 
an angel. That's what the Bible says. You don't believe in angels. It's okay. They, you don't have to believe in a lot of things that are true. It's up to you. It's your life. But it says it might be an angel helping you out, and uh, you may not, just may not know it. So pay attention. All right? See you next week. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them, everybody, everybody. Sweetheart to miss Sugar to kiss